I think we're recording. I think we can start. Really good to see you all. And it's really good to see a few of you on the screen as well. I can see one at a time on the screen, but uh, it's great to see everyone. Brilliant. It's good to be back. Now, these aren't all notices, because that would be a long lot of notices, but there's a few notices I need to mention, especially for those that are in here. So it's great that everyone's here. Welcome to everyone in the main hall. Welcome to everyone on Zoom. And of course, welcome to anyone who's going to watch a video tomorrow or the next day or the next day into the future. So it's good to see you. It's brilliant that we're meeting physically again, but we've got to remember a few things. All right. I'm sorry if I sound like I should wear a uniform as I say these things, but that's, that's what I need to do. Um, if you're watching on Zoom at home, can you make sure you put yourself on mute just now, please? Because at home, if you forget, Jill and I can put you on mute, but we can't do that here. So we really need you to put yourself on mute today. If you can remember to do that right now, that'll be great. Thank you. If you're here, we can't sort of uh, sing loudly, but we can mumble for Jesus. We can hum our praise to God. We can mutter the words that are going to come on the screen because we're going to sing six songs together. All the words will be on the screen. And you might be able to read the words at home, hopefully. If not, a lot of them are very familiar anyway. But we can't uh, do things loudly, but we can stand up, we can sway about, we can wave our flags about as well. And of course, at home, you can sing loudly and, and go for it if you want to. That'll be fine. If you've come today, it's because you've booked in. You're going to need to book in every time that you want to come. It's every fortnight we're meeting in April and May. Hopefully after that, when we can start singing, we'll be able to come physically every week. But we're just waiting for the government to say we can start um, singing. There's not going to be a physical offering today, but if you want to give me an envelope with anything in, either today or in the next sort of few uh, days or week or so, I'll make sure I put it in the church safe so that Alex can sort it out. There's a one-way system in the church. If you came in through the front and all of you did, uh, you were going out through the back, apart from the alleys. They'll be going out front again, of course. But if you came in a car, you'll go out through the back door. If you came walking, you'll go through the old kitchen. But uh, Fiona, Joe, and uh, we'll help you to, to get out. That'll be no problem. Would you believe that if you're late, you get a seat right at the front? So that's amazing. So, Yvette, Michaela, great to see you both. Lovely, lovely. And you've got the, the seat of honour right at the front. I bet you wish you were this time again another time, don't you? Anyway, so let's carry on then. Uh, so, yeah, if you want, when you do leave, it's going to be best not to really talk to people in the car park, if you don't mind, because it, the neighbours are going to be looking at what we're doing. And so if we're sort of, sort of hugging and all this sort of stuff, they'll be ringing the place like they've done with other churches, won't they? So we've got to be sensible because we want to keep doing this for weeks and weeks and weeks, don't we? As, as long as we need to, really. Usually I send people, if someone sends me rather a text or a WhatsApp message during the service, I can read it straight away. But because my phone is, is being uh, the broadcast uh, instrument today, I can't read anything until later, perhaps tomorrow it might be. Uh, that's enough of those notices for if you're in here. Let's go to some normal notices as well then. Has group tomorrow on Zoom. It's going to be 8.15, so about 9.45 or so. Plenty of interaction tomorrow? You bet there will be. So plenty of interaction if you want to uh, join us on Zoom there. Uh, next Sunday, we're going to be taking communion again. Uh, we'll be doing it on Zoom. I'll remind you later in the week about that. The latest onward is out. Some of you here would have had paper copies on Friday, but I think the digital one I put online this morning. So everyone would have had one of those. And Barbara told me something important this week when I saw her. That's the Vine Bookshop is open. So it's not just Ryman's and shoe shops and things like that, but the Vine Bookshop in Hinkley is open if you want to go over there. There's not going to be any breakout rooms at the end, but that's fairly obvious, isn't it? But that is the end hopefully, of all the notices. So let's pray. And let's join together in worship, because that's what we're here for. Lord, we do thank you that whether we're in Pallet Drive or we're several miles away, you are with us, and we've come together to worship you. So, Lord, whether we're mumbling and humming 
or was singing brightly and out loud, Lord, in our hearts, we're worshipping you and we're giving you the glory for helping us to come back together again. Amen. I'm going to read the first three verses of Psalm 145. And that says this. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. And that's true, isn't it? So as we're worshipping God today, let's say, Lord, you are the one we come to worship. You're the one we've come to learn about. It's great to see our friends, but Lord, we've come to see you and to worship you. So we're going to sing our first song together. If you're in the hall, you can stand up and mumble, but or you can sit down and mumble if you like. But standing up is great. If you're at home, go for it. It'll be great. Come, people of the risen king. pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today and for where we find ourselves today. Lord, you are unchanging and everlasting. Thank you for Jesus, 
your only begotten Son, who came down on this earth, lived his life as a human being, teaching us he is the way, the truth, and the life, and ultimately dying for us, to redeem us, so that through believing in him, we can be acceptable to you, Father, the Eternal One. Dear Lord, we thank you for change and recognize that although you are unchangeable, we must change and embrace change in order to be transformed into your image, Lord Jesus. Please help us all as human beings to overcome our stubbornness and selfishness when we resist change. We pray for our church here, NCF. We do ask that you would help us to adapt to the new normal in society and that through our forthcoming experiences, together we may remain united. We pray for your Holy Spirit to fill us with your love for, for each other and that we continue to hope for your kingdom to come on earth and that we would learn to walk by faith with every step we take. Dear Lord, you require obedience, and may we seek together to do what pleases you. In Jesus' name we pray and receive this in faith. Amen. Thank you so much that we can once again meet physically here at the church and resume seeing one another face to face. Having said that, we also give thanks for the ability to meet virtually as well and are encouraged that many of us have been able to meet together in view of the pandemic. We pray that if it be possible, Lord, we may experience no further lockdowns in the foreseeable future and that the life we know may resume once again, albeit slowly and steadily. Please give wisdom to our leaders, our politicians, our scientists, our doctors, our managers, our church leaders, and all those who have responsibility over us and who make decisions to act wisely and carefully so that all of us, not only people at church, but everyone may once again experience gathering together without fear. Dear Lord, we confess that this time of lockdown has produced many reactions and some of these have not been positive. However, May we and our brothers and sisters in the faith continue to be strongly influenced by your word. May we praise you with all our might and may we continue to fellowship together, whether virtually or physically, in your name. We pray for those who are not believers that they would ask themselves questions about what they've experienced during this pandemic and that you would answer those questions for them. Please draw people to you as you have always done. And we ask that as believers, we may become instruments of change in people's lives, pointing to you and only you as the way, the truth and the life. We ask this and receive this in faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Dear Lord, we turn our attention now to Northern Ireland. Recent violence in Northern Ireland is bringing back unwelcome memories for residents who lived through the troubles of the past decades. However, it is believed by church leaders that there is a stronger desire to work together so that the unrest does not go down the same path. Tensions have arisen for a variety of reasons, including Brexit, the failure of the police to crack down on COVID rules and how they have handled crime. John McDowell, Archbishop of Armagh, said that Christians should be praying to recover fully our role as peacemakers. He said that you can only make peace when certain things exist. Justice for everyone, truth-telling for everyone, addressing the legacy of what has happened in the past and not trying to paper over the cracks. Father, we pray for peace on the streets in Northern Ireland. We ask that people turn to you with their anger and seek counsel in your word. Thank you for the churches who are helping to stop tensions escalate. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers.
a boy would attach himself to the chair. I'm like, I couldn't get out. Yeah. Okay, we're going to worship God together again, and we're going to sing Draw Me Close to You. Again, stand and mumble if you want to, or stand and sing at home. Oh, 
The reading is taken from Exodus chapter 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites to turn back and camp near Pi Hahiroth, between Migdol and the sea. They are to camp by the sea, directly opposite Baal Zephon. Pharaoh will think the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert and I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will pursue them. But I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, what have we done? We've let the Israelites go and have lost their services. So he had his chariot made ready and took his army with him. He took 600 of the best chariots, along with all the other chariots of Egypt, with officers over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites, who were marching out boldly. The Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea near Pihahiroth, opposite Baal Zephon. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid, stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Thanks Fiona. It could only be God. Two weeks ago, it was Easter Sunday. And without knowing, mankind needed God's help. And it was the miracle of redemption. That's Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection to abolish the penalty of sin and to restore us to God. Only that could have helped us to have a good relationship, a proper relationship with God again. Last week, we looked at two chronicles and how, again, it could only be God because there's this vast army coming against the people of Judah. They were going to annihilate Judah or at least take them into servitude. But the king, King Jehoshaphat, he prayed a brilliant prayer. And it wasn't just a prayer, was it? It was his heart that was right. He said, God, take control. We're in a mess. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And the people of Judah, his subjects, felt exactly the same because they stood with him and they said, yes, we believe it. We're in a mess, but God, our eyes are on you. You do what you want to do. You're God. We're your people. We're going to serve you and go for whatever you say. A miracle followed. 
it could only be God. I'm going to keep pointing to that because it's true a lot today. It could only have been God who sorted out the enemy. And it was. He did it. Fiona read about the exodus or part of the exodus from Egypt that the Israelites took. Guess what? It could only be God that did that. The Israelites' time in Egypt started really well. And you've probably read about it in the past as well. It's in the last 13 chapters of the book of Genesis. Joseph was one of the senior officials in Egypt. And again, it could only be God that he was a senior official in Egypt. A lot of people would say, oh, it was just a coincidence that he happened to be in the right place at the right time and this, that and the other. What a load of rubbish. It could only be God that made Joseph go to where he was. He needed to be in that place because then when his family came to Egypt, he was able to offer them help and security. There was only 70 of them that were there when they entered. And you can imagine how lovely it was. Looking at the sunsets, eating pomegranates, melons, just taking it easy, knowing that there was no famine in Egypt. It was great. But Exodus 12 verse 40 says that the Israelites were in Egypt for 430 years. And during those years, they had lots and lots and lots. Let's have a few more. Lots and lots of children. And so they got that many people, so many Israelites there, that the uh, Egyptians became a bit anxious about them. And so instead of looking at the sunsets and eating the pomegranates and just having a, a, a swim in a Nile, they were put to work, weren't they? They were having to build things, cities, pyramids, whatever it might have been. But they're all enslaved to do things for Pharaoh and for the Egyptian people. How did they react to that? They cried out to God. Exodus 3, 7 and 9 says that. But how did God respond? Did God send a mighty army to break the Egyptians? Like he later, a few hundred years later, sent the Babylonians to sort another country out. We know he didn't do that. We know that God sent one man to sort out the Egyptians. And it was a gigantic problem that that man was able to sort out. Of course, the important thing is that man, Moses, didn't go alone. God was with him. Last week, I mentioned Ephesians 1, 17 to 19. I'm going to read them again just now. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the most glorious father, would give you a wise spirit along with revelation that comes through knowing the Messiah fully. Then, with the eyes of your hearts enlightened, you will know the confidence that is produced by God having called you, the rich glory that is his inheritance among the saints, and the unlimited greatness of his power for us who believe, according to the workings of his mighty strength. That's the International Standard Version. The other week, the Colonel was on the video, wasn't he? And I don't know if you've ever noticed, but the Colonel always ends what he has to say with these words. Now, I've been practicing his voice, so hopefully I'll be all right at speaking like the Colonel. Open your life to God and ask him to speak to you. Put God first. Seek God above everything else. Make him the top priority in your life. I think I did it pretty well. That was, that was pretty good, wasn't it? But the thing is this, with Moses, that's what he was doing. He made God the top priority in his life. He opened his life to God. It seems that God sent one person, and maybe Aaron, his brother as well. And that's what often happens. Have you ever felt that as well? Sometimes when you read a biography or you read church history or read something in the Bible, that God says something to one person or maybe a small handful of people. And either they get excited or they get a bit agitated and scared about what God says. And then it kind of ripples because other people hear about what has been going on. And so that's what happened with Moses. Moses saw or felt God at the burning bush. 
And it was a holy place in Exodus chapter 3. But God opened Moses' eyes at the burning bush there. And he saw the possibilities of what might happen. Romans 8, 26 says that the power of the, sorry, says that the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. I mean, if you've read that, you probably have. You will know that that passage of scripture is all about praying. But surely God helps us. God, the Holy Spirit helps us, not just when we're praying, but in all areas of our lives. There's a great uh, Greek word. Now, I've got to have it a bit closer to me because there's at least 10 syllables to it. So I'm just going to read it to you. But the, the Holy Spirit, well, was Paul. It was Paul who wrote Romans, wasn't it? Paul wrote this word, and the word is sonantilamambanomai, or something like that. But the important thing is this. That was a bit of an attempt at saying the word. The important thing is it means not just help, but to take hold with at the side, to take a sharing, to assist jointly to perform some task. So what it's saying is when God asks us to do something, he doesn't just push you forward and then stands back. He says, go on, you do your best. It's all going to be right. God comes with us. God is taking the lead. God, when he says, come on, do something for me, isn't standing back and admiring what you're doing. He's right beside you. Yes, you can do this. Go for it. You've heard me speak. Now go and take the action. I think Moses needed that. We need that, don't we? We need God's continuing encouragement as we do things for him. By the way, that word is only used once more in the New Testament. And that's in Luke 10, verse 40, when Martha is asking Jesus to say to Mary, oh, Jesus, we get Mary to come and help me. There's that Greek word, come and help me, perform the same things as me, do the same things together. So it's just twice in the New Testament. God is not saying to us, do something for the Neaton and I'll applaud you from my throne in heaven. God is saying, I'm giving you ideas. This is a new day. I'm giving you ideas to do something for me. But I'm not just going to send you out. I'm going with you. Moses partnered with God. And we can partner with God in the things he wants us to do as well. What has God been whispering to you recently? When you've been reading the Bible or praying, what's God said to you? Maybe it was something just for yourself. Maybe it was for another person or another group of people. Perhaps God said nothing really new, amazing recently to you. Apart from, I love you. You're my child. I'm with you. And that's enough. That's enough to change us and for us to say, God loves me. Hooray! God loves me. That makes such a difference in our lives to know that the King of Kings, the one who made creation, loves us and is with us. In Exodus chapter three, we heard how Moses heard the surprising plan that he was going to be used by God to bring the Israelites out of Egypt. He was in a desert. He was just minding his own business, looking after his father-in-law's sheep and goats. And yet God came to that desert place and said, Moses, you're my child. I want to use you. That's maybe a paraphrase. It is. But that's what God was saying. And Moses said, here I am. Let's pray that as we're close to Jesus over the coming days, that God will open our eyes to what he wants to do in the Neaton and wherever else we might be over the next few days. And that we too will partner with him in his ways, knowing that we're not on our own, but God is with us. So we're going to sing a, a short song now before we do the second part of the talk. And it's a prayer. 
open the eyes of my heart. And you can sit or stand whatever you want to do.
Yes, Lord, we want to see you open our heart, eyes so that we may see you and see ourselves as you see us as well. It could only be God who enabled the Israelites to escape Egypt. God had a plan to use one man, Moses. And once Moses was on board, then a really large number of people could be surprised about what God was going to do. Pharaoh and the Egyptians thought that it was just Moses and his brother Aaron that they were up against. They didn't realise it was the living, holy, spectacular, omnipresent, omniscient, add some more words of your own if you like, God who was with Moses. Moses wasn't on his own. But the Egyptians didn't know that. And that reminds me of that man, Gamaliel, who in Acts chapter 5 was speaking about the the apostles to the Sanhedrin. And he said this, if their purpose of activity is is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. That's the apostles. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. Pharaoh fought against Moses and God and lost. From what Fiona read, it seems that some of the Israelites were fighting against God as well. The Israelites wanted freedom from slavery in Egypt and cried out to God to sort it out. But while God was in the process of freeing them, they started complaining to God. God, we wanted freedom, but we didn't think it was going to be like this. It would have been better if we'd have stayed in Egypt. We don't want to change after all. Oswald Chambers is one of my favourite writers. And uh, when Jill and I got married and went on honeymoon, we went to Egypt. And so you might know that he's buried in a suburb of Cairo. And so when we were on our honeymoon, we took a long taxi ride to go to his grave because, wow, he's a real man of God. And I wanted to go to his grave and just say, thank you, Lord, for this man coming to and do so much for you. I've read this book quite a few times. Maybe you've got a copy as well. My most for his highest. I got this in the mid 90s, this version. And uh, recently there was one sentence that I've really been thinking about and chewing over. Beware of paying attention or going back to what you once were when God wants you to be something that you have never been. When I read sentences like that, that makes me stop and think, what am I really wanting? Am I really wanting to glorify God? Or am I just after my own happiness, my own easiness? Some of us, I'm included, might think that NCF's golden age was 10 years ago. There was lots of volunteers. There's lots of things going on in midweek for all, for all sorts of ages. There was a large Sunday school. The uh, music group was full of talented people. And we all had lots of energy 10 years ago as well, didn't we? 10 years ago, oh, if only John would be like Paul and Nick doing things 10 years ago, that would be brilliant. Because that was success. Lots of people were here. There's the occasional baptism as well. Surely. That's what we should be doing. Let's go back to how it was 10 years ago. And I think about that sometimes, I'll be honest, because I don't know how you measure success in a church. Maybe we shouldn't measure success, whatever success is. But we want people coming in from the community, people who don't know God yet. We want them in here so we can tell them about them, as well as us going out there to tell people about God as well, don't we? In five or 10 years' time, I'm hoping 
I'm praying that the early 2020s now is going to be our heyday. I don't want us to look back in 20 years' time and say, oh, it was 20 years' time. Do you remember Paul and Nick? <laughs> Do you remember Paul? We're going to talk a bit more, a bit older, aren't we then? Do you remember Paul and Nick, dear? Uh, although I won't call Jill dear, I don't think, because I won't. But you know what I mean? We're going to be saying, oh, do you remember the good old days? I want the good old days to be back there, but I want us to have the present golden age as well. How are we going to do it? If you've got any answers, just let me know. Because it's all about God, isn't it? It can only be God that changes what we're doing here. We can say, oh, Lord, we want this to happen. And Lord, as we go out and do your will, so we can say, Lord, yes, we want to do adventurous things for you. But what has God asked you to do? What is he calling you to do over the next few weeks? Now's not time not to look back and say, oh, what a good way. And I do that. I, I'm full of history. I love looking at historical documents and, and look back and think, oh, wasn't that brilliant? Uh, Howard Macmillan, you've never had it so good. And all those sort of comments, isn't it? But you know what I mean? Today is a day we can have our adventures with God. We can say, thank you, Lord, for 10 years ago, 20 years ago, when you were doing different things in our lives. But today, Lord, do something new in my life. Do something new so that I'm not just thinking back. But you want to do something in me that I can't comprehend yet. But Lord, I'm willing that you take me there because I want to be your child. I want to be close to you. We know that the Israelites crossed the Red Sea. They got through the desert. They crossed the Jordan. They got into their new promised land. And every step of the way, it could only be God that helped them. They'd have died in the desert if God hadn't sent the manna and, and directed them with the cloud and the fire. They went through difficult times after being set free from Egypt. God was with them. I know, and you know as well, that over the coming months, we're still going to have difficult times ahead. But it's as we're close to Jesus, as we're wearing his yoke, that we can say, Lord, whatever happens, I want to follow you with all my heart. I want to be part of your plan. I want to be doing the things that you'd have me do and not shy back and say, oh, let someone else do that, God. Let someone like Moses do it. Let someone who's more capable than me. God is calling you, whether you're in the main hall or at home or watching the video, God is calling all of us to a work that we can accomplish. And we're not on our own. God is with us. So let's desire to have our eyes opened by God. Let's be ready to act when he tells us to. Let's not be afraid. This is all the stuff that Moses was telling the Israelites. Let's stand and see the salvation of our God at work in us and through us. The Lord is fighting for us, just as in Moses' time. We can partner with God in the new things that he's doing. We can look back and say, thank you, Lord, that you brought us through. These, this last year and the other bad times of our lives, you brought us through. Now, Lord, come and change me so that I'm ready to be used again by you. The place we are now, whether you're here or at home, the place we're at is holy ground. And God wants us to offer our lives to him on this holy ground. So I'm going to pray again. And if you're at home or here, just say, yes, Lord, I agree with those words. Take me on. Help me to see what you're doing today and give thanks for the past. And help, Lord, come and change me as well. So let's just pray. Lord, we thank you for the challenge of today. 
thank you, Lord, that just as in Moses' time, it could only be God. Lord, in our lives, Lord, we know you're calling us to do things in partnership with you where it could only be God who initiated it and carried things through. Lord, we open our lives to you and say, come and use us for your glory. It's not about what we're like or what's happening to us. It's about your glory. We want our focus to be on you. So, Lord, we give our lives to you again and say, come and take the glory. Come and use us. Help us to be close to you today and tomorrow. Help us to follow you with all our hearts.
Let's just be quiet and silent, maybe. We don't need to pray out loud, but just in our hearts, whether we're here or at home, we can just say, Lord, I want to speak to you now. So we're just going to have two minutes of silence where we can just speak to God about the things we've heard this morning. And it's just one more song before we finish. So, Lord, whether we've been your followers, your follower for decades or just a few months or a few years, we want our response to what you've said to me, to us today. Here I am. Just as Moses said that and so many other people in the Bible, we say, here I am. Use us and be glorified through us, Lord. Help us to change as we see you glorified and lifted high. Here I am. Amen. So we're going to sing one more song together before we uh, go our separate ways, as they say. We're going to sing Praises Rising. So that's a good one to get your hips moving, at least if you want to.
So thank you, Lord, that we welcome you here. Thank you, Lord, we're not just welcoming you here, but wherever we go this week, we welcome you into the situations and the circumstances that we're finding ourselves in. And we say, Lord, again, open our eyes to see what's going on, to see that the hope is rising and people are turning to you. Lord, not just in faraway countries, but in this town and in our street. Lord, thank you for going with us and partnering with us as we go today. Amen. Amen. Great. Now, I'm going to switch this off in a minute, but sh shall we let the people see who we are? That'd be okay. Right. Now, is this going to work? Oh, right. okay. So I'm just going to go slowly around. Everyone has got their biggest smile on today. Yeah, everyone's got a big smile. Fantastic. So, it's been good to see you today. Bye for now.